Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Are you looking to wager on all the big games in sports? Well, I have great news for you. Bet online, they continue to get it done during this amazing sports calendar. We love this time of year. Golf, horse racing, MLB, right? We've got NHL and NBA playoffs. It's just all there for the taking. And all you have to do is sign up at betonline.ag or your mobile device. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, though, to get started. That's B-L-E-A-V. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The latest odds, team matchups, and more, all at betonline.ag. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey, this is Linda Cohn from ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. ML Sports Platter back with you all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, rate, and review. We are brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, Rosie's Corner, Brewerton Ace Hardware, and Burn Dairy. Go gas up your vehicle at participating locations at Burn Dairy. And hey, while you're there, chocolate milk, donuts, and the delicious coffee on your way into work. It's all there. Ice cream season coming up, and they've got a tasty, tasty selection. Head on over to Burn Dairy. It's all good. Well, I can't wait to bring on my next guest to the program, a guy who is crushing it as the owner and founder of the Real Voices of the Game Productions platform. You can get it on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get podcasts on your smartphone device. Dave D'Agostino joins us, and it's just such a great show. Each and every show uh, brings uh, so much. I just, I learned so much with it, and uh, you're talking Jim Cott, you're talking Jeff Fry, you're talking Kevin Kearney, you're talking the biggest names and voices in the game of baseball from the grassroots all the way up to the front office. It's a tremendous listen. You'll learn something every single time, and you can follow them on Twitter at RVGDAG. That's at RVGDAG. Dave D'Agostino is the uh, president and founder of the Real Voices of the Game Productions, and he joins us now to talk some baseball and talk about this wonderful platform. Dave, how are you? Great, Mike. How are you? It's good to be on here. Yeah, I'm doing well and uh, certainly am addicted to your guys' platform with uh, the amazing guests, uh, you know, from Jeff Fry to Jim Cott to everybody in between. You're doing a great job as well. Kevin Kernan, my pal, um, you guys are really rocking it here. And really, it happened quickly, didn't it? I mean, the podcast world, as you know, we're all swimming in kind of the same pool here, and and it's hard to kind of separate yourselves from the rest of the pack. So two-parter to start. A, are you really surprised that it jumped this quickly, that it took off this quickly? And B, what do you hope people get out of the shows? Well, we, we uh, actually, you were one of the very first people we called. Um, I called, but you, you gave me a lot of attention, a lot of your time to give advice and thoughts on just the whole landscape of podcasting. Because to be honest, we didn't have any idea what it would become. Uh, Kevin and I got together. We met each other um, on a couple occasions and hit it off and, we thought, hey, we, we would let's do a podcast together. And that's as simple as it started. And neither one of us knew how to really, you know, record a podcast, produce a podcast, any of that stuff. So we started from scratch. Um, and yeah, we didn't know how we knew would we knew people would want to listen because of the landscape of baseball right now. Um, it's the pendulum has swung in such a big direction with analytics and not that we're anti but we thought there were so many great voices out there. And that's the name of the, the production company, Real Voices of the Game Production. And um, to where, you know, it just became Kevin and I talking, uh, just having conversations. And we started bringing guests on. I think Dave Turgeon, I think, was our very first guest. Him and Ted Kubiak, I think, was number two, former shortstop with the A's. And our guests really liked it. Uh, and to be honest, it was like, you know, this is just an audience of one. 
you know, so be it. Uh, but it's really caught on quick, not just with grassroots, but we're, we're in 71 countries right now being listened to. And we have guys that are at spring training that do podcasts for us and they're getting, you know, hit up by Dusty Baker or, you know, Buck Showalter and big names in baseball. And, um, you know, as you mentioned, some of the guys we have as co-hosts with myself, Kevin, obviously Hall of Fame sports writer, uh, Everybody knows him in the sports business. Jim Cott, you know, recent Hall of Fame inductee, and Jeff Fry, who's you know all over our all over social media with She Gone, and um, yeah, we've got some great people that we're working with, and yeah, we, we had no clue that it would get uh, up to where we're at about fifteen thousand subscribers, seventy plus countries, and then even the guests uh, guests that are calling to, to get on. We have a waiting list. Uh, I mean, it's 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 fantastic, and we're going to get to everybody. Tell you what. Um... The next thing we got to work on, and I know that Kevin Kernan would not want the fanfare. Uh, he he would want him, you know, to get in without a huge website and PR campaign and all this stuff. He's a New York State Baseball Hall of Famer, but he needs to he be is. in Cooperstown. I mean, he he needs to be in that writer's wing. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the world of Kevin. I think he, uh, you know, he does a great job with all nine. Phenomenal uh, job there. He's the writer to the stars. These these guys trust him. He tells the truth, whether you like it or not. He's going to tell you the truth. You can count on that. And, you know, his writing is phenomenal. His relationships are the way he gets in and out of the story. A story could be done. A story of this could be done by 20 other people. But the information that he gets uh, from the subject to the audience is unique in itself. And I don't know how he does it. He does it on our podcast, too. He's just ML Sports Bladder here with our guest, Dave D'Agostino. He is, uh, of course... Uh, spearheading the awesome platform, the Real Voices of the Game Productions. Make sure you go download it and subscribe on the major platforms, including Apple, Spotify, and Google, uh, where they've got some amazing people on, including Jim Cott, uh, Dave, Kevin Kern, and Jeff Fry, you name it. And uh, you can, of course, follow Real Voices of the Game Productions on Twitter at RVGDAG. I always hear you say what you just said uh, at least once, maybe twice here in this early part of the interview from the grassroots to the front offices. And because the game is the way it is today, like you mentioned, many are frustrated. You are, Kevin is, I am, Jim Cott is, everybody seems to have some kind of frustration or a hundred within the game today. And each of those sections are important to hit that you mentioned. We're trying to hit the grassroots for the little guys, the, you know, the, the little leaguers and get them more involved. And then you want to hit the front office because the analytic part and then everybody in between for another reason. Is there, though, when you take all of those groups, Dave, is there a specific group that you're trying a little extra, you're, you're trying a little harder to get through to about the game? I think it's the bookends. I think it's the, the young kids and the parents that are governing these kids because we see the parents are no longer the first educator of their children in any regard. And they're relying so much on these gurus, uh, pitching, I say, don't they say pitching, throwing coaches, hitting coaches. There's there's more of those than lawyers or even Starbucks, now that you think about it. And the parents can't tell the difference. So we're really trying to get to the parents and the kids uh, because that's the next generation of baseball. And on the other end, there are so many voices uh, that have been marginalized by the way the game is today. And these are voices that have spent you know, a lifetime in baseball. and They have so much to offer and so many great messages. And, and at the very least, we should show them the respect uh, and the sense of reverence for playing the, in my opinion, the hardest game there is to play. And so we're really trying to target those two audiences and bookends of it. Uh, but obviously there's everybody in between is, uh, is important as well. 
Give me some thoughts on the uh, upcoming season here. What are you What are you looking for? Um, you know, you want to throw me any picks? It, it, this This podcast will be up after the season starts, so hopefully you'll pick somebody, uh, you know, to win the World Series, and they'll start zero and ten or something. Okay, so. Uh, but but give give me the overall synopsis, man. It doesn't matter. You know, podcast, we listen and consume the way we want and how we want. Um, so it won't really matter. And plus baseball takes forever anyway, 162 games. But what do you have for me on the campaign, Dave? Well, I I really hope the enthusiasm of the world baseball classic carries into the season. Me too. You saw our stars. Yeah. I mean, to a T, everybody, it was the greatest baseball experience of their lives. That's, that's amazing to say. Uh, so I hope that enthusiasm for one carries in. I'm a New Yorker. Um, I, I I would love to see the the Yankees uh, do well. I'm very excited that they they're going to bring Volpe up and give him a shot at shortstop. Uh, the, the kid's phenomenal. He he earned the right, and it goes against the grain a little bit with the Yankees, where they tend to hide their stars a little in the minors uh, for whatever reason. Uh, I'm not a GM, so I can't judge. But I'd like to see the Yankees get healthy in the pitching staff and and, and really make a strong run at it this year with the maybe the, you know I hate to call him the next Jeter, but that's what people are throwing at him that Volpe's the next Jeter. That's a a lofty goal, but I, I'd love to see the Yankees and Mets on both ends uh, do well this year. Uh, to get, get back to that Subway series, bring baseball back to New York. Nobody better in my mind than Buck Showalter. I think he was on the knocked on the door last year. Uh, they a little unhealthy. Obviously, they have the reliever that's going to be out uh, for the season this year, which hurts. Uh, but I think he showed some good things uh, with what how he was going to change the Mets and guys like him. I think are going to bring that pendulum back. But if you want my pick, I'm going to go, and this is probably going to be unpopular with New York fans because he's in Boston for so long, but it's hard for me to go against Terry Francona. I think he always finds a way to win. So I'm going to, I'm going to put my money on Cleveland this year. Wow. Um, when you have gone around and getting guests, and obviously the network that you guys have is is strong. I mean, it's it's second to none, and, and there's so many people who have, you know, the inside uh, in the sport. Um. Have you talked to anybody who has completely given up the game, you know, because of the where where it is and, you know, the, the game within the game? I don't care about a three-hour and 20-minute game as long as the game inside the game, there's action and it's and it's fun. Um, but the game, the analytics, the strikes, walks, home run, all the stuff that we're pissing and moaning about all the time. Have you, have you literally, male, female, grassroots front office, somebody in between, former player, have you talked to somebody who has 100% said, I'm done with this? I don't think 100%, but I, I think the guys that, um, and it's not all by their choice. I think guys that have been retired from the game, either by their choice or, um, you know, kind of being pushed out uh, formally or informally, I think they don't feel heard anymore. And I think they don't feel like their opinion uh, matters or it's being you know, used to help move this game forward. And this game's been a great game for quite some time now. So, I think that faction of baseball, uh, I don't think they've given up on it. I think they're, they're waiting to get called back to the table just to contribute. And even if it's at the grassroots level. So um, I think, you know, everybody we've talked to for the most part is a little disenfranchised with the direction of baseball. I mean, our, our topic today, we have a podcast today with, with Buddy Bangle, who's, uh, he, he runs the, the Moorhead Marlins, which is a college team, great business guy in baseball. But, um, you know, one of the things we're going to talk about is this marketing campaign that baseball just did for the rule changes with Sebastian Maniscalco. I saw that on social media, like why on earth, one of my favorite comedians, I love him, but why on earth are they campaigning for rule changes? It's, it's the most, it's the silliest thing in the world. So I think those things rub people the wrong way, but I think this world baseball classic brought a lot of those people back. Um, and I hope baseball recognizes that and really 
uses it to move it forward. Uh, we're seeing the international game grow. And if we don't take advantage of our elder statesmen in baseball, you bet those international countries are going to, they're going to be pulling them over to help grow their game. And, uh, you know, we saw what Japan did in that championship. They've been in the final four every year uh, that this classic has been going on. And it's, they run very fundamental baseball. Uh, they move guys, they bunk guys over. I mean, they hit cutoff men uh, they run the base as well. So I, I, I hope that we give those elder statesmen a voice back in the game that they deserve. Uh, but, you know, if not, there's a lot of countries out there, especially the ones that are listening to us. We pump them out there every day. Take these guys. They'll, they'll make your game better. The Rob Manfred era has certainly been uh, confusing, frustrating, uh, cartoonish to a degree with all the changes and, and, and the list that is so long. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, I don't like most of what they've implemented as when he's been commissioner. I think the bigger bases are absolutely ridiculous. It's cartoonish. I hate the yeah. ghost runner. You're just making up stuff. I want the game to be real. Uh, no matter what, if you're going to make changes to the game, make sure you don't change the realness of it, right? The, the the cleanliness of it. I mean, it's got to be still the game we know and recognize. Those rule changes are absurd. The pitch clock, I do like that, and we're going through growing pains now. I think it's going to fix itself here in due time, but I do like that. I've seen it up front, you know, up close and personal in the minor leagues. Um, I think it will work. I hope it doesn't cost a team, you know, or a player, you know, huge things down the line in the postseason. I know the Otani Trout at bat would have been different with the pitch clock in the World Baseball. I get that. But I think that the pitch clock is something to implement to make the game better without losing the game that we know. Same thing has happened in the past with other rule changes. You know, hockey got rid of the two-line pass. It didn't get rid of the game that we know and love. So I ask you this. Which rule change do you like the most? Which one do you hate the most? Yeah, I, uh, I hate the, the, the engagement of the runner. Or from the pitcher to the, the guy on first base where they can only step off a certain number of times. Otherwise, it's a balk. Uh, to me, that, that there's that cat and mouse, that base runner and pitcher. And once you step off, you get that pitcher to step off that number of times. He has no choice. He's got to go to the plate. Otherwise, it's a balk. Right. So I think, I mean, you could, you could, I could pick it out of a hat for silliest rule. I agree with the ghost runner. I think that's ridiculous. So but as somebody who enjoyed stealing bases as, as a player, I, I could think of a, a thousand ways you can manipulate that rule. And I think you know, the pitcher, that's how they keep people off balance. That's how you keep the hitter off balance. Right. That's how you keep the base runner off balance. So I, I don't like that rule at all. I think it's ridiculous. And the mound, you know, I've come around to the pitch clock. I don't like the little nuances in there. Like the batter's got to be, you know, engaged with the pitcher with his eyes looking at him with eight seconds to go. And, you know, otherwise it's a strike. I think they, I think they over-legislated that. I don't mind the pitch clock saying, okay, you got to get up and get moving. I think a lot of pitchers like it because that's how you're taught to pitch. I think in, uh, you know, get on the mound. It makes, as a hitter, I didn't like that. I couldn't stand when the pitcher got on the mound right away. I needed time. You get 0.2 seconds to process that pitch that just happened. And at, at the most, and then now you've got to process what's going on with the next pitch. And the quicker that pitcher gets on the mound, the less time you have as a hitter. So, I think advantage pitcher in that. So I think a lot of pitchers love it. As a hitter, not so much because for me, that guy in the mound could kill me at any time he wants. He's got that ball. I want him to take as much time as he wants, put whatever you want on that ball, as long as you got control of that 102 mile an hour fastball. I'm good. Um, but I, I like to, you know, as a hitter, if that pitcher's in a rhythm, you want to be able to step out of the box. You want to break that rhythm. You don't want to get him up, balance rhythm, timing, throw. Pitchers love that. As a hitter, 
I wanted to be able to break that, even with a simple put my hand up, step out of the box. And I think those strategic things are being, uh, I don't want to say ruined, but they're being revisited by the pitch clock. But I, I do like the pitch clock. I think it's not for the speed of the game, but for teaching pitchers, reinforcing, getting them back on the mound, throw. Uh, but I think it should have been done across the minor leagues um, before they, you know, maybe take four or five years to do it. Um, starting the minors all the way up so these young guys are used to it by then and not just throw it in, you know, in, in a, an abbreviated spring training to, you know, get everybody used to it. I think there's it's natural there's going to be glitches. But, you know, it is what it is. And I kinda, I think that one's growing on me a little bit. Okay. If you had to start, my last question, if you had to start a baseball team in the majors right now with one player, who would you pick? Now, again, it's a young man's game, so I'm not saying like, oh, for 10 years, because you pick Judge, but you don't want Judge in 10 years. He's going to be 40. Right. Who would you pick? You could pick a starting pitcher too, I suppose, or a position player, but who who would you take to build your roster around five to seven oh, years-ish? Yeah, Otani, no question. Okay. Um, I, I He's grown on me. I, we don't get to see him as much. I'm on their West Coast, but... Um, I wasn't sure how that would work with the rigors of baseball, him being a pitcher and a hitter. But arguably, I mean, you got to put him in the top three in pitchers in Major League Baseball, and and the same with hitters. And the guy steals bases. If they let him play the field, I think he'd be phenomenal in the field. And you're talking about a number one or number two starter and a number two or three batter in your lineup. So, yeah, and and I he grew on me during the classic. That's I've got to watch him in a concentrated effort. Gotta love his game. I mean, he's just he's smart. He's athletic. He's when he walks on the field, he's arguably the most athletic guy in the field. And the way he plays the game is just incredibly smart. So um, I, I, I'd have to go with Otani. I'll tell you what, too. I mean, he's been in the league now what 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, five years. I know he, you know, had the early uh, what was it, Tommy John. Um, yeah. You know, he's obviously plays multiple positions and all that, but twenty eight. You know, he'll be 30 soon, and then you look at it, and who knows what kind of contract he'll get. I, I think somebody I think somebody might honestly give him $500 million. I really do. I think they might give him 10 years and $500 million after this year because they're getting two players. Now, he might not fulfill that in terms of success. He may not, you know, he's going to be 38, 39 by the time he ends it. But I got to tell you, I, I've had conversations with people about this, Dave, and I think that Shohei Otani might only have to put together another and you know where I'm going with this, five or six years of elite skill and elite play to be a Hall of Famer because the impact will be Kofaxian in that in that way. You know what I mean? Oh, he's disrupted the game in a really good way. And I think you're seeing a lot of, I'm a, you hear it on the show, we're big proponents of two-sport athletes on yep. the show. We think it's better. But even in the game, it's the fact that we've gone this long without a guy doing multiple things, it's amazing. And I hope he, I hope what he's doing encourages a lot of kids not to specialize in a certain position or even just pitching. Yep, I agree with you. He's showing, he's showing a blueprint. That's right. And when you hear guys like Josh Allen and Jordan Speed talk about three, four sports they played as a kid, that is encouraging. And it's got to get the helicopter parents the hell out of the way and let kids be kids to enjoy sports, play sports. And who knows if they have some kind of success the sport that they didn't go into and commit to will actually help them indirectly. So I'm right there with you. Well, make sure you go get it all over the major platforms where you get podcasts on your smartphone device, Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Deezer, you name it. The real voices of the game productions. You can hear Jim Cott, Jeff Fry, Kevin Kernan, and others. And of course, 
all of it run by Dave D'Agostino, and you can follow him on Twitter at RVGDAG. Dave, thanks so much, my man. Oh, thank you so much. And I appreciate what you did first. You're the one that gave us the boost to get started. So you, you, you had a major play in us getting going. And- listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube